0: We are harvest committed to Christ. Commitment to God. We are called to pray without seemingly. We are harvest. This is the Harvest Community Church Podcast with Pastor Michael Jones. And now let's join today's message already in progress. to the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you stand up and open them up to John chapter 12, and we're going to read verses 12 through 19. Uh, if you don't have your Bibles, I think we might be able to get them on the screen. If, uh, if, if, if we don't, you look in your Bibles or your electronic device, but John chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. The next day a great multitude that had come to the feast when they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went out to meet Him and cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel! Then Jesus, when He had found a young donkey, sat on it as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand the things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered these things were written about Him. And they had done these things to Him. Therefore the people... The people who were with him, when he called Lazarus out of his tomb and raised him from the dead, bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him, because they heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said amongst themselves, You see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Let's pray. Father God, we ask that You would speak to us through Your Word today. We pray that Jesus Christ would be glorified and in our hearts we shout out, Hosanna. We praise Him and say, Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Father, we acknowledge that You are King. We acknowledge that Your Holy Spirit still speaks. We acknowledge that where we are standing is holy ground. Now, Father God, hide me behind the cross. Help me to give the words of life out of Your Word. We pray that Jesus Christ will be lifted up. That as we lift Him up, we might believe on Him. And as we believe on Him, we might be saved. In Jesus' name, won't you say Amen? Amen, amen and Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk on the next few moments from the title, Did You Get My Message? Did you get my message? We live in a world of texts now. We live in a world of Instagram. We live in a world of Facebook. We live in a world of direct messages. We live in a world of, of being able to get the Word out and I know that even with all of that technology, sometimes it fails. Sometimes it doesn't work as planned. I know that uh, in my household, if you don't bring something home after a family member has sent you a text, the first thing that you get when you go through the door and you don't have it is, Did you get my message? I remember just this past week, my daughter, and, and, and I'll brag on them in a minute, all four of the daughters are becoming excellent cooks. But Temperance uh, makes this, uh, this tortilla soup. It is this wonderful soup in which she, she adds all these things and it has this Mexican flavor. And she sends me a text message this week along with, with, with uh, Tiara. It says, bring home some chips. And so in, in, in Tia- Temperance's mind... Having this soup without chips is incomplete. Well, I thought since she sent it to me and T.R., T.R. would pick up the chips, and T.R. thought I would pick up the chips, and so we get through the door and Temperance looks at me and says, "No chips? Didn't you get my? Didn't you get my message?" Well, sometimes it's trivial like that, but other times it could be the news of a family member who is sick, or news of a family member who is in the hospital, or news of a family member who is deceased, and you send a text message and that person doesn't get it, and you find out that person doesn't get it, and you say, didn't you get my message? Or it could be that, that there's a, a, the, the notification uh, that you got the job. Or a notification that you've been accepted in the school, or a notification that you've passed the test, or in this day and age, a notification that you've tested negative of COVID. And maybe you didn't find out, and the person that sent the message says, Well, didn't you get the message? Important or sensitive family members, family member uh, information can be urgent. And it's important that we get the message. Well, we have four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Four Gospels that give us the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Four Gospels that give us the message of God. Four Gospels that give us this same story. The story of Palm Sunday. The story in which Jesus comes in triumphant into Jerusalem, the story in which the people begin to praise and worship Him as the King of Israel, the story of Palm Sunday, it, it, it's listed in all four of the Gospels. And you may say, well, Pastor Mike, how come we have four Gospels? Well, these four writers are giving four detailed accounts with four different purposes, with four different aims, Matthew writes to a Jewish audience. Matthew, the book of Matthew, is a book written by a Jew to the Jews about a Jew. Mark is written to the Romans. It's a fast-moving gospel. He doesn't quote a whole lot of Old Testament scriptures because the Romans don't know the Old Testament. The Romans are not Jews. And so Mark's gospel, you can complete it in just a few minutes. It's only 16 chapters. And then Luke, who is a physician, who investigated everything carefully, writes to Gentiles. And he wants to get every detail down. He's writing to his friend Theophilus, whose name means a lover of God, so that he might know with certainty the things that he has been taught about Jesus Christ. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John is a universal gospel. John gives us his purpose statement in John chapter 20 verses 30 through 31 when he says many other things have been written about Jesus that are not contained in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that in believing you might have life in His name. He gives a purpose statement for writing. So everything that John writes about Jesus in His Gospel is for the purpose of believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. So we get to chapter 12. We get to Palm Sunday. We get to John writing about this triumphant entry into Jerusalem. We get to this point right after Jesus raises Lazarus From the dead in chapter 11. We find out earlier in chapter 12 that that they had sought, the Jews had sought to kill Lazarus because people were believing in Jesus because he was raised from the dead. And so we get to chapter 12. We get to chapter 12 when Jesus comes in and they begin to praise and worship him. However, There is a dilemma. Jesus comes into Jerusalem and they are shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But in just a few short days, that same crowd is not shouting, Hosanna. That crowd is now shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! We want Barabbas! Crucify this Jesus! I want to ask you a question. How could the crowd praise and worship Jesus one day and shout, Crucify Him the next? Maybe they didn't get the message. Maybe they shouted the words, but they really did not get the message. Maybe it was on their phone, and they saw the notification, but they didn't read the text. Mm, That was good preaching right there, boy. If I was sitting out there, I would have shouted. Maybe they saw and read the words. But they didn't get the message. And so what I'd like to do in the next few minutes is to look at this passage and to, to, to carve out three messages that God has for us. I, I just want to talk for a little bit, and it may just be, be me preaching to myself, that these messages are for me. But during Palm Sunday for me, I want to look at the Palm Sunday passage and draw out a Palm Sunday message. Message. I want to look at the church calendar because the church calendar is not by chance that it's Palm Sunday this Sunday and that it's Easter Sunday the next Sunday and maybe, just maybe, God has a word for me during Palm Sunday. Point number one. Point number one is simply this. Point number one is, I want to save you now. I want to save you now. Look at the passage. The passage says in John chapter 12, verse 13, that they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, meaning Jesus, and cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Now here's what's wrong with, with, with many of us, and me included. I don't think that we went to Sunday school enough. I, I'm not throwing stones at those who don't go to Sunday school right now, but I am giving you an exhortation. I think that it's important to get good teaching. I think that it's important to know what words mean. I remember being in another church, and we it was Palm Sunday just like this, and we were in Sunday school class, and, 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 and the teacher shouted out, Hosanna! And he had us shout out, Hosanna! And then he stopped and said, what does that mean? Many in the congregation said, well, it means praise. How many would say it means praise? It doesn't mean praise. Now, it is in the context of praising and worshiping God, but it does not mean praise. Because if you were to go to the corresponding Old Testament passage, then the word Hosanna would be defined for you and written out And that Old Testament passage is Psalm 118, verses 25 and 26, where it says, Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna means save us Or save now. So that when they were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Hosanna! What they were shouting was, Save us now! We believe that You are the Messiah. We believe that You are the Anointed One. We believe that You are the One who will free us up from Roman domination. We are the ones who will free us up from Roman oppression. We believe that You are coming to free us and to save us and deliver us, just like Moses did the children of Israel as they left Egypt. You are the anointed one that God has chosen to save us. Hosanna! Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. So that's what the people were shouting. And men and women, I believe that although they may have thought that he was coming in as a political power, as a king, as the anointed one, the message is still the same. Save us now. Save us now. Make real in our experience what you have already made true for us on the cross. You delivered us on the cross. You saved us on the cross. You gave us new life on the cross. But not only do we need that in a positional way, we need that in a practical way. We need to be saved daily. We need to be saved right now. We've got family issues and we need to be crying out, Hosanna, save us right now. We've got financial problems and issues. We need to be crying out, Hosanna, save us right now. We've got health issues, save us now. Job issues, save us now. Personal and emotional and mental issues, save us right now. Relationship issues, save us right now. Whatever problem you face, whatever issue that stands in front of us, the cry is, Hosanna, save us now. I know you're going to save us later. I know that my soul is saved and fit for heaven and glory. But I need your salvation right now. Is there anybody that needs salvation now? We need salvation right Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I believe that our mindset needs to change. That our salvation is an ever-present Moment by moment, daily experience of God's grace and mercy. Men and women, we need to preach the gospel to ourselves moment by moment, because moment by moment we forget it. That He is a deliverer. Today is the day of salvation. His salvation and grace, and I'll close this point with this, is just like manna from heaven. If you were to read the Old Testament, God would provide for his people by sending down this bread that came down from heaven. If you were to examine the passage where it's found, it says that there were rules about the manna. And one of the rules about the manna is that the manna that fell down today was for today. The manna that fell down today will be spoiled tomorrow. And so what God was saying is, you need me every day. You need to feed on me every day. I am your satisfaction every day. Yesterday's grace and mercy is not sufficient for today. Today's grace and mercy is sufficient for the day. Hosanna! Save us now. Right now. But not only that. Point number two, look down at the text. Verse 15, it says, Fear not, O daughter of Zion. The second message is fear not. Quiet as it's kept, fear is one of the biggest, most significant challenges we face. Fear is oftentimes unspoken. Fear is a natural emotion, but fear that dominates is is bondage. And men and women, I don't know if you're aware of this, but fear not is the most frequently used command in all of the Bible. Fear not. There is a version of fear not. In at least 365 times in your Bible. One for each day. Fear not today. Fear not tomorrow. Fear not the day after tomorrow. Fear not today. Fear not Monday. Fear not Tuesday. Fear not The Lord wants you and me to fear not. He does not want us to be par- paralyzed by fear. The Bible says perfect love takes away all fear. The Bible says, Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. God does not want us to fear. God does not want us to be paralyzed. God does not want us to be in shackles. God wants us not to fear. And the message is that if the Savior is coming, if the Messiah is coming, if the anointed one is coming, and he is who he says he is, then I have no fear. I am not to fear. Now let's do a little bit of an exercise in this message. All I want you to do is to raise your hands, and I'm going to say some of the same categories that I mentioned before. If you've got an issue, if you've got something in your life that you feel is a little bit overwhelming, then just raise your hand. Okay, In these categories. Now, if you've got a family issue, raise your hand. If you've got a financial issue... Some of you are going to have multiple. Uh, financial issue, raise your hand. If you've got a health issue, raise your hand. If you've got a job issue, raise your hand. If you've got a personal, or emotional, or mental issue, raise your hand. If you've got a relationship issue, raise your hand. If you've got something else that I hadn't called, raise your hand. Alright, so, everybody has their hand raised. Well, I want to remind you of something, and I'm going to say it twice. I want to remind you that God has a 100% track record on handling your problems up to this point. If you are here today and not at Elmwood, then God has handled your problems. So He has up to this point He has a 100% track record on handling your problem. Now, it may not have been handled the way you want it, but because you are still here, because you are still alive, because you are not pushing up daisies, God has handled your problem. So fear not. Fear not. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. I am your God. He allowed them to praise Him and say, Hosanna. Save now. And then He said, whatever it is, fear not. But look at the last message and I'll be done. It's in verses uh, uh, 15. Still in 15. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's coat. Sitting on a donkey's coat. Point number one was sent me, I want to save you now. Point number two is, fear not. But point number three is, I'm not saving as you expect. Some of us need to realize that the definition of disappointment is unmet expectation, that your expectation was here. What you got was here. And the distance between your expectation and what you got is disappointment. That's where your disappointment lies. And so God says, I'm not going to save your soul as you expect. I'm going to die on a cross. I'm not riding in as you expect. I'm riding in on a donkey. I'm I'm not anything like you expect. Because, see, I can do whatever I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it, and with whom I want to do it, because I'm sovereign. And so God may not say as we expect. What am I saying? What I'm saying is that this these verses here in 14 and 15, Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey, relates to... What 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 Reverend Ron read earlier in Zechariah chapter nine, Zechariah nine, nine says, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly, lowly and riding on a donkey, a coat, a foe of a donkey. Now that lowly has a double meaning. He is lowly because yes, he's coming humbly. He's coming gently. He's not coming in uh, by storm. But it's also the other meaning is when a king or when a there was a military victory, they would ride a a a, a tall horse. It is where we get the term "sitting on your high horse." Because you had regular horses, then you had horses that the kings and the generals would ride. And normally they would be two hands above the normal horses. Higher than the others. So that the king or or the general coming in in victory would come in on his high horse. But not only is Jesus not coming in on a high horse... Jesus is coming in on a donkey. And he's not only coming in on a donkey, but he says he's coming in on a colt, which is a baby donkey. Can you imagine how low he is sitting? They expect him to come in with military victory, sitting high, and here he is coming in on a toy horse. You're not coming in the way you expect. And men and women, I don't know what you face in your life, but but remove your expectations. Let God fix it. But remove your expectations about how He's going to fix it. Amen or oh me? Are y'all with me? Is anybody out there? Has anybody ever had a situation and you thought God was going to solve that thing one way and God went left on you and solved it in another way? And you say, oh, I didn't even have that as an option. I didn't even know he could do it like that. I didn't know he was creative like that. And what Jesus is saying is, I'm not coming in like a king. That you think. I'm not coming in with political power. I'm not coming in to overthrow an earthly kingdom. I'm not coming in like that. I'm coming in gently. I'm coming in humble. I'm coming in lowly of heart. I'm not coming in haughty and prideful. And men and women, that's a message for us. That if we're to live lives like our Savior King, like our Messiah, we're not to come in haughty. We're not to come in prideful. Not, we're not to come in riding on our high horse. We're to be gentle and lowly. We're, we're, we're to be humble before people. We're to come in as, as just as He did. Many women, he came in ushering in a new kingdom. He came in ushering in not the way we expect. They didn't expect the cross. They didn't expect suffering. They didn't expect that he would be the Lamb of God. They didn't expect that he would give his life. They didn't expect that he would die on a cross. They didn't even expect that he would rise from the dead. They didn't expect the gospel, that he would save souls. They didn't expect that his Holy Spirit would live in us if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. They didn't expect that he would not save by good works. They didn't expect that he would not save by our human efforts. They didn't expect that he would not save by keeping the law. They didn't expect that. They didn't expect him to shed his blood on a cross. To pay the penalty for my sin. Men and women, did you get the message? Did you get the message that many other things that Jesus did that are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. They didn't expect Him to be the bread of life. They didn't expect Him to be the light of the world. They didn't expect Him to be the door for the sheep. They didn't expect Him to be the Good Shepherd. They didn't expect Him to be the way, the truth, and the life. They didn't expect Him to be the true vine. They didn't expect Him to turn water into wine. They didn't expect Him to heal the nobleman's son. They didn't expect Him to heal the man who was lame for 38 years. They didn't expect Him... To feed five thousand. They didn't expect him to walk on water. They didn't expect him to open up sight to the man who was born blind. They did not expect him to raise Lazarus from the dead. But when he did, and the place where Lazarus lived was only about two miles from Jerusalem. They didn't expect him to raise him from the dead. But when He did, when He did, they shouted, Hosanna, save us now. They shouted, fear not. And as they quoted Zechariah 9, they shouted that He is riding on a donkey. Look at Him. We're quoting. He is fulfilling prophecy. But not only that, even though they shouted, Hosanna, they were only fulfilling His purpose when they shouted, Crucify Him. Because that's exactly what He came to do. Crucify Him. Let me ask you a question as I close. The shout of Crucify Him. Is that a shout of sorrow? Or is that a shout of victory? Did you get the message That that's the only way you can be saved? (laughs) Did you get the message that he had to die? Did you get the message that there is no other way by which we can be saved? Therefore, God has highly exalted him. And given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. And every tongue should confess That Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Men and women, He is Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, save us now. Fear not, He may save, not the way you expect. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word today. I pray for my brothers and sisters that we would receive your message. Did you get the message that Jesus wants to save now? Did you get the message that you're not to fear? Did you get the message that he may save not as you expect? Father, if there is one who has never received Jesus Christ, I pray that they would place their faith and trust and hope in Jesus. That they would learn to love Jesus. That they would embrace Jesus. That they would build a relationship with Jesus. I pray that for others as I pray that that we would continue that for ourselves. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. We give you honor and glory and praise this Palm Sunday. We know that those palms represent peace. Those palms represent victory. And those palms represent triumph. Peace, victory, and triumph to you today. In Jesus' name, won't you say amen, amen, and amen. Won't you stand as we close out today? God bless you.